This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Governor Ivey has written for Alabama Daily News about the low labor force participation that's occurring here in the state of Alabama. This comes as a departure for the governor to consider this aspect of the state's economy. Governor Ivey has typically touted the low unemployment rate as a good sign that the state is moving forward economically. However, that assessment is not complete or thorough without factoring in the number of people in Alabama who can work but are choosing not to. That number has put Alabama on the low end compared to other states in the nation. Now the governor is writing about plans to address this issue of low labor participation, which according to a June report from the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis stands at 57 percent. Ivy wrote in her latest article that using the unemployment rate as the sole measuring stick is doing a disservice to businesses and Alabamians. This may be the first time since the governor took office that she's ever brought up the issue of low labor participation in the state. Ivy also said she plans to address this problem by identifying barriers that are keeping some Alabamians from working, such as childcare, transportation, or a reliance on entitlement programs. She wants to do so in order to meet the needs of employers in this growing and evolving market. Ivy concluded that if an Alabamian can and wants to work, there's a job opening for them. Well, more troubles are brewing within the Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission after further legal action has been taken against them. The plaintiff in a new lawsuit, Kimberly Holcomb, claims it's illegal for the commission chairman, Dr. Stephen Stokes, to serve on that commission while also serving on the board of trustees for the University of South Alabama. Holcomb is part of a cannabis company that did not get a business license from the commission when those licenses were distributed this past June. Holcomb is now asking for Stokes to be removed from the cannabis commission since he is also considered a public official as he serves on a board of trustees. Attorneys in this lawsuit are asking for a court to address this conflict of interest before a hearing is held by the commission on August 10th. Orange Beach Mayor Tony Kennan says his support of country singer Jason Aldean and his latest song, Try That in a Small Town, is a way to push back at the cancel culture out there. Mayor Tony Kennan spoke with 1819 News Editor-in-Chief Jeff Poor on FM Talk 106.5 out of Mobile about how conservatives need to stop being weak. Because if you think about it, it's a minority of individuals that have created this. But the problem is they've got the strength of the university system, which, by the way, for the most short part should be defunded and then they have the strength of the media which is no different from the propagandists of any other state-run media in history and that's where the strength comes from and but we do nothing and are taking no actions to counter that strength i mean even just as simple as that you'll never see me at disney world you'll never see me watching other professional sports certainly not women's women's soccer you will never see me uh, watching mainstream TV because that's the only thing as an individual I can do. But they won't ever get a dollar of my money because that's me giving them money to turn right around and try to take my freedom away, my children's freedom away. And their grandchildren. I, it just blows my mind that conservatives are so weak. And we really are. We are weak. And uh, we better find a backbone, buddy. We better find a backbone. So uh, no no Bud Light sponsorship in Orange Beach or with the city of Orange Beach anytime soon. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that will happen anytime soon, and uh, I'm proud of that. I said I'm proud of my town. I really am our town uh, because these people down here, they're good folks, and um, they take care of each other, and they look out for each other.
And I've had since that post about Jason Aldean, the uh, the outpouring of support, actually from all over the darn country, has been unbelievable um, in the numbers of people that reached. So it, it gives me hope. Gives me hope. A lawsuit was filed by former pastors at a church in Florida against the leadership of the Church of the Highlands, which originates here in Alabama. The lawsuit claims that senior pastor Chris Hodges and other Church of the Highland pastors conspired together to protect and expand their church growth and business interests by eliminating any perceived threats or competitors. This resulted in the takeover of Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Stovall and Carrie Weems are the plaintiffs in this case. The couple are also the founders of the Celebration Church. Weems resigned from that position in 2022 and then filed his lawsuit, saying that multiple leaders within the Church of the Highlands started rumors against him that destroyed his reputation. The Weems are seeking compensatory and punitive damages. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall has been named the Crime Stopper of the Year by the Crime Stoppers of Metro Alabama. The reason for this honor has to do with Marshall's record in prosecuting capital murder cases and in particular, the Coley McCraney case out of Houston County. Marshall served as lead prosecutor in that case, which was a double homicide cold case from 1999 that was reopened the use of DNA, resulting in Coley McCraney being sentenced to life in prison. Marshall said in response to the Crime Stopper Award that justice is the value we place on the life that was wronged. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Republicans in Congress are creating a coalition to stop the Biden administration from punishing states that do not align with Joe Biden's pro-abortion stance. The Biden administration is doing this by secretly withholding federal grants to states. Republicans are now developing a bill that would address the Department of Health and Human Services and their interpretation of Title X of the Public Health Service Act and the subsequent funding programs. The language in the Republicans' bill would state that the HHS may not discriminate against eligible states, individuals, or entities for refusing to counsel or refer for abortions. Senator James Langford of Oklahoma is spearheading this effort against the HHS. He says that HHS Secretary Javier Becerra is a radical pro-abortion activist who is violating the department's own purpose of strengthening equitable access to high-quality and affordable health care. Langford told the Daily Mail that the Biden administration is so obsessed with increasing the number of abortions in America that the HHS is willing to deny his state of Oklahoma health care access and $4.5 million in grant money unless Oklahoma agrees to promote abortion. Other congressmen from Oklahoma and Tennessee are joining Langford in developing his legislation. Over in the U.S. House, the chairman for the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, has finally received documents from Facebook that were subpoenaed months ago. These documents are now revealing how much the White House and Biden officials put pressure on Facebook to suppress and silence Americans as they exercise their First Amendment rights. The emails are of internal communications within the social media company as the Biden administration was leading hard on the company's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, and COO, Sheryl Sandberg. One of the emails came from Facebook's president of global affairs, Nick Clegg, in which he discussed how outraged President Biden was over the fact that Facebook had not yet taken down a particular post. When Facebook replied to the White House saying that this would be an incursion on free expression in the U.S., the White House did not express any concern or value to the First Amendment. Months later, Facebook would panic and crumble under the Biden administration's pressure in order to stay within their good graces. Facebook even emailed the White House explaining how they had demoted a Tucker Carlson 
Paulson video by 50%, even though the video did not violate any of Facebook's policies. So if you ever thought that some of your political posts were falling on deaf ears and blind eyes and getting no response, well, that was probably the case. Legal analysts are now assessing the court documents, transcripts, and courtroom witnesses surrounding Hunter Biden's plea deal with federal prosecutors. That whole deal fell apart in court this week. Now the docs are confirming what was already suspected, that there was a blanket immunity clause written within that plea deal, and that the judge in the case caught wind of it, brought it to light, and ultimately forced federal prosecutors to deny that deal right in front of Hunter Biden. A former assistant U.S. attorney, Will Scarf, spoke with the Daily Mail and said that U.S. District Judge Mariella Norieka was right to call out such an unorthodox plea deal. Scarf says the blanket immunity was buried within the diversion agreement that was presented to the judge regarding gun charges against Hunter. Hunter Biden was going to plead guilty to tax misdemeanors in order to have those gun charges against him dropped. Based off of court transcripts, Judge Norieko resisted signing on to the whole deal after she spotted the immunity clause. Scarf says the proposed blanket immunity was way out of the typical place where it's put within a legal document and was nothing less than hiding the ball and spitting in the face of justice. Scarf is running to be the attorney general for the state of Missouri and is a former Trump administration official. Anheuser-Busch is about to lay off several hundred employees as profits continue to drop following the partnership of Bud Light with transgender YouTube influencer Dylan Mulvaney. The company will be laying off 2% of its U.S. workforce, which means about 380 employees will be cut out of the total 19,000 who work at that company. The layoffs will not take place among those who are on the front lines of making beer, such as the brewery and warehouse staff, drivers, and sales rep. The controversy all started this past April with Dylan Mulvaney promotion of Bud Light in his Becoming a Girl series. Since then, Anheuser-Busch has lost $27 billion in market value. And at the start of July, Bud Light was dropped from the top 10 beers in the U.S. And when it comes to transgender ideology, Chloe Cole of Florida is someone who went down that road to become a male when she was only 15 years old. Cole has since detransitioned back to being a girl and is now on a mission to stop it all from happening to another teen like her. Cole spoke before the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Gender-Affirming Care for Minors this week, and here's what she had to say. When my specialist first told my parents that they could have a dead daughter or a live transgender son, I wasn't suicidal. I was a happy child who struggled because she was different. However, at 16, after my surgery, I did become suicidal. I'm doing better now. But my parents almost got the dead daughter promised to them by my doctors. My doctors had almost created the very nightmare they said they were trying to avoid. So what message do I want to bring to American teenagers and their families? I didn't need to be lied to. I needed compassion. I needed to be loved. I needed to be given therapy to help me work through my issues, not affirm to my delusion that by transforming into a boy, it would solve all my problems. We need to stop telling 12-year-olds that they were born wrong that they are right to reject their own bodies and feel uncomfortable with their own skin. Today, I should be at home with my family celebrating my 19th birthday, and instead I'm making a desperate plea to my elected, re- my elected representatives, learn the lessons from other medical scandals like the opioid crisis, to recognize that doctors are human too, and sometimes they are wrong. My childhood was ruined along with thousands of detransitioners that I know through our networks. This needs to stop. You alone can stop it. Enough children have already been victimized by this barbaric pseudoscience. Please let me be your final warning. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. 
If you are enjoying the daily detail and want to make sure the reports come up easily on your electronic device, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on the main page of the daily detail on whatever podcasting app you've been using to listen. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other podcasting apps. You can also get the word out about the daily detail by sending a link to a friend or dropping me a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 